What's good, everyone? This is the podcast mercenary, the Mike for Hire, the Puerto Rican powerhouse himself, Christian Joel Ramos, and I'm back at it again with a brand new review. And today's review is a little different. I took zero notes because this film had me so messed up, I didn't know where to write and where not to write because it was all over the place. And if you're guessing by my description what the hell the film is, it's exactly what you think it is. Sorry about that. It is none other than Christopher Nolan's long-awaited film, Tenet. Now, Tenet is a weird concept for me. I love time-traveling movies. I just hate explaining time travel in films. Because every time travel film does not follow the same laws of physics or in laws of how time travel actually works. So the beginning of the film, you uh, see a scenario where you're approached with what you seem to be a raid at an orchestra because some sort of uh, evil terrorist group breaks in this orchestra somewhere in Oslo, no, somewhere in Norway, Finland, somewhere up there in the Arctic, right, in this um, opera house. And I don't know if they're apprehending people, keeping them hostage for money or ransom, something out of the sort. And you're introduced to the main character, who's just called the protagonist, essentially. He has no name. He is a secret cover-op agent. So we already know it's a heist film slash spy thriller, all that jazz. John David Washington, the son of, you know, films, Denzel Washington, everyone knows Denzel, come on now. Um, he is great. I've seen him on Ballers these past few seasons, and I love this kid. And um, I'm glad to see he's actually getting, I mean, he was in The Black Klansman, which I've yet to see. That is a tragedy on my, tragedy on my part. I should have been seen and reviewed that film. I might go back and rent it just to review it because I heard such sparkling reviews about him. So JD, as the... His uncle, his uncle, Sam Jackson calls, calls him. He is a great actor. Um, he's not just, you know, the kind of actor that does the roles like Ballers. But Ballers is not exactly a litmus test for acting ability. Black Klansman sure is. So if they trust him enough to carry a film as the protagonist, like literally and the character, <laughs> it means something. Like he has some sort of spark. I don't want to say nepotism because not every actors um famed child is good a lot of actors have sh uh, trash um kids um, their kin cannot act the rest of the laurels end up getting drug addictions and spending all their money and being burnouts because they had never had aspirations of their own that's just how history of actors kids have been the last 30 years but in this last decade or so the current crop of um next generation actors from uh, their parents have actually been a great bunch of kids. There have been a lot of great um, children of famed actors who actually um, take the craft very seriously and want to win Oscars and have this competitive spirit that's been lacking in Hollywood for lineage because it seems that a lot of actors in general wrestle in roles and um, they just don't, diva attitude, big eagles, once they just make it big. And once you make it big and you're wrestling your laurels, guess what? You become full of shit. You become full of yourself. A lot of actors have this tendency of thinking with big air around them that I'm hot shit. I don't longer need to try. No, mother, you know, you got to try. Everyone's got to try. Uh, this is a job in the day. And if you're trash your job, don't expect accolades and promotions, meaning bigger payouts for your next films. So a lot of the 
next gen actors i call it like next gen because it's you know an actor he becomes famous his or her child grows up in a lavish life not actually living through any of the struggles their parents went through and they are kind of like ingrates they're not self-aware and like humbled by the fact that you know i have a choice without much hurdles except for auditions because again yes your famous child can get an audition based on nepotism and how good their parents are but at the same time it can hinder them because the expectations are so damn high that you pretty much are caught in this uh double-edged sword of you better either be the best bloody actor you can be and really show like that's you know johnny depp's daughter or that's denzel's son or that's you know martin Lawrence's daughter like these are literal people like they're you don't give 20 year olds these kind of expectations because their parents are great actors or great comedians or great whatever performers so for jd to take this mantle take it serious from the get-go take acting very seriously and really hone his craft i love this kid i think he's gonna be a great feature like uh, oscar nominee i'm calling it he's gonna be an oscar nominee within the next 10 years even if dare i say winner because He's a young actor that gets it. A lot of young actors don't get it. They don't get the whole um, struggle of acting and um, human. Because like, a lot of what acting is, is you're playing the role of someone else's life. Playing the aspect of living in someone else's shoes. If you don't know how to live in someone else's shoes because all you know is your life, you're living in a freaking bubble. And that's the problem. A lot of these... Um, Rich kids grow up living in the bubble, not knowing people from outside circles because of, you know, fear being used for their money or the resources. I get that. At the same time, there are a lot of kids that grew up in lavish lives who are actually decent actors like um, Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jr. Great actor. Like, playing your own dad is not easy, especially when his dad gave him the most shit because he is his son. He expects him to be phenomenal. So he didn't get that job right away. He had to audition with like 300 other ice cubes. Okay, so let's get this shit straight. If you got good parents, they're going to push you regardless. So with that little rant being over, let's go on to the main topic here, their movie Tenet. Now, I refuse to take notes from the jump because this shit was going uh, forward is back, back is forward, left is right. Okay, so this might be the most obscure review I do, which is great because it's going to allow me to do a non-spoiler review in a way. So you can just watch this. If you want to know what the movie's like from just hearing me speak without giving any actual detail, this is that damn review because I'm going to be losing it. Okay, essentially, he is trying to play this um, character that is the leader of this mission and his mission is to take down such and such in order to do so he's taught or is uh, informed of this new skill called inversion this you see in the trailers okay inversion where instead of shooting the gun he kind of like reverses it and the bullet goes back in this chamber and then the person there scientist or the technician there explains to um, the protagonist that uh if someone is hit with an inverted bullet it is more dangerous than getting hit with a regular bullet because the physics and the um uncanny valley i guess you can say of side effects like 
their wounds are inverted, but they're living in, um, you know, regular uh, narrative. So it'd be like your cross between timelines. It's almost like your skin cells that are getting hurt from a graze or even a shot are going through more damage because it's warping your molecules on multiple directions. That's the what I got from it. She explained, the more I explained, the more confusing it's going to get. So I'm not going to explain it. I get it. This is very simple. Don't think too hard when you watch the film. Take, take it at what it's for. A heist, a drama, action, thriller, blockbuster, everything. Now, because of the themes and tones of the film, I was trying to really get immersed and enjoy it. Because if it was done without inverting anything and just done straight away, it comes off like a Bond film. Very much like a, you know, uh, your typical spy thriller. And I love these because they use big um, set piece uh, locations like Saint-Tropez and, you know, uh, just anywhere. You know, they always go on these destinations, these uh, lavish, rich, um, rich folk, you know, people with money with influences, vacation spots that no one like myself or any common person gets to unless they got an Airbnb there for super dirt cheap or some sort of coupon or maybe their boss at work let them borrow their... I don't know, freaking yacht to go somewhere like here's a you want to raffle for tickets to, I don't know, uh, St. Thomas or like the Bahamas or, you know, here's my here's a, my room key to my penthouse suite in Puerto Rico or DR. Like, you know, like I'm saying, like, it's just like one of those things where um you don't see it unless you live in that life. And the main antagonist of this film is a weapons arm dealer. Very straightforward things I would see in a regular spy film and a Jason Bourne or a you know, Mission Impossible or James Bond film, right? He's a bad man, very straightforward. He doesn't care about himself, and he's trying to cause something of a nuclear level, let's just say. So the whole film, the protagonist is trying to take down this guy, but also he starts a friendship with the antagonist's wife, who's caught in the middle. She's essentially the mob wife, where she can't say anything for her fear of her own life. And not because she is going to be afraid of losing her lifestyle, but she's afraid of losing her life because her husband is this much of a tyrant. So the whole film is just this journey between um, the protagonist, um, the uh, antagonist's wife, who I guess I can give her a name. It won't really ruin the movie. Uh, her name is uh, Kat, who's played by Elizabeth Debicki. I'm not familiar with her work. Uh, mainly because I am terrible with names. She's a French actress. She's like super duper tall and she seems like a nice lady. And she's only a couple years younger than me. My gosh, really? She's just that much younger than me? What is it up with Hollywood always marrying these rich old guys in films with the youngest of actresses? That's so weird. She's 30 and her husband, who I'm sure is, you know, in film, not in real life, is way older than her. But then again, if you're a mob boss, you're going to have a young wife. Why would you? marry an older woman because you got all the money and influence. Kenneth Branagh plays Andre Sator, the antagonist. And Kenneth is at least, what, in his 60s at this point? Like, he's an older gentleman. He's no, no offense to him, he's a great actor, but 1960, god damn it. Yeah, he's old as shit. So, yeah. Hollywood's weird uh, age uh, difference is always one of those things I found interesting. Like, why is it the male and women marriages always seem to be 30 years apart? Or more? It's like, is this how men in Hollywood perceive women? Like, is it about like, oh, I need to marry somebody younger to feel like I'm hot shit? Like, there are plenty of grown women I would date. If I could get a Sama Hayek who's 50-something 
I'd be more happy with that than, you know, some jump off who's in her 20s. I'm just saying, like, there's some good caliber women out there. Probably because they're all taken. That's probably what it is. What am I doing? It's going off topic. No, it really isn't because it plays into the character he plays. The antagonist is essentially this rich scumbag who just sees women as objects, uh, who doesn't give a shit about human life, who literally is on a suicide mission to do something really nasty. And he is your typical rich scumbag asshole. There's no redeeming qualities. Like usually in most films, you find characters that the bad guy is somewhat relatable or has some sort of like, you know, twisted logic that makes sense. But the way he's going about it is, you know, no, this guy's an asshole. This guy doesn't give a damn about anybody else but himself. And even as a kid, and he barely puts his child in first instead of himself. So it's essentially an old school heist film. There's no deep meaning besides the fact that this guy's bad. The good guy's good. The wife is in the middle playing neutral because she's just thinking about her son and her safety. Oh, and we got Robert Patterson playing Neil, who's a um, the sidekick, essentially, to the protagonist. Which is weird because Neil gets a name, but the protagonist doesn't. And it's, that's the whole thing about this. They have this weird kinship. Like, they're both in the same... I mean, they're not both in MI6. Obviously, one's British, one's American. They're both in the same um, group. So, I don't know if it's NATO or what... It's all in the hush-hush. It's some inter... It's an inter-country, intercontinental, like, link-up. Yeah, let's go with that. And Neo is the liaison to the protagonist's missions. And, you know, this is a nice... This is a nice, uh, refreshing look at Robert Patterson uh, for the Batman film he's doing. So... I want, it's like you see an update of what he looks like. And he looks like a more grown Robert Patterson. Doesn't look childish. Then again, he never really looked childish. He always looked his age. It's just that he was very lanky, you know. So when you're young, when you're when you're skinny and lanky, you tend to look younger than you are. And um, in this film, he really looked like a grown man, and he looked like a guy who is like if you didn't know about Twilight, you wouldn't know it's not Robert Patterson. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just he's a character that fits this world because everyone here looks refined and for money and whatever. Even the protagonist dresses really nice. But so everybody's got some sort of like history with either the military or something with the government. So they all have some form of uh, white collar job. So they're all dressed very well. They're all present themselves extremely well. And no one looks poor. Like everyone here is rich as hell. Um, the antagonist's son's in private school. Uh, he's got properties. Half the film's in a boat. That's one thing. Not just a boat, multiple boats. So I don't know if that was just a COVID thing or is this film before COVID. I think this is before so the whole film's purpose was to be on ships. Well, there's reasons behind it. I don't want to get into it because I want to. I don't want to ruin the movie. I don't want to give out too much. But there's a lot of aquatic scenes, so which is nice because I enjoy films that are not just in one room. You know, there's some films that are just seem low budget. Blockbusters like this, they have the luxury of having the budget to go places. And Christopher Nolan, great director, is big on set pieces locations this is the man who on rec went on record to buy a plane to purposely freaking crash it into a hangar because it was cheaper than the cgi to make it look like it actually happened which boggles my mind because it actually tells me cgi is damn expensive if it's cheaper to just buy a regular plane and crash it and film that that's a one-shot take versus actually just doing it via cgi but the scene where it happens it plays out in a way I thought it would play out. 
because there's no way you can fly this in the air. And well, you know, you'll see when you see it, but the way they shoot it and film it, it makes sense for what they need it to be. But the whole film was great. Um, I gave myself a few days to breathe because I was not sure if I liked the film or not. Uh, I will be honest. I sometimes do not like the status quo. Like, I don't always like the big uh, movies that I'm supposed to like because Hollywood tells me I'm supposed to like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a big Oscar bait movie guy. If I do watch Oscar bait movies, it's during Oscar season and the top contenders of the bunch. Uh, usually because there's a, some sort of like uh, festival where you get discounts on tickets, but this year might be a little bit different. Um, but in generally, I just don't care about what other people like. I like what I like. And before I judge this film, I really needed a couple days to absorb it because you just need time to process what exactly happened. And when people ask me, even to explain the film, I refuse to. I told everyone, like my mom, my brother, people, you know, anybody who's curious about the film, I told them, I don't know, but see it for yourself because it is worth a watch. It's a confusing film at parts. It's similar to, uh, to the original Matrix where it like breaks the laws of reality. So once you do that, yes, it goes into the sci-fi world. But the sci-fi elements, it's not like, we're not going to space. We're not dealing with um, wormholes. We're, not de we're dealing with what if in real life you are able to stop something from happening before it happens. Almost like a premonition. But you're able to control it um, and navigate it and really change the narrative. That's what the film is about, the whole overarching story. How can we prevent something serious and, you know, possibly catastrophic from occurring? And that's what I liked about the film. I like Kenneth Branagh because he's a great, I mean, he's great in everything. This man's a freaking awesome actor. I know he was definitely won an Oscar somewhere. He's just one of those actors that if you see in the film, you're like, yep, it's going to be a good movie. He doesn't do bad movies so often. I mean, yes, you know, no one is quote unquote perfect because of course, you know, Everyone's got their, um, dare I say, they do films for money. So, not necessarily, but he had a film, what was it? Uh, Death on the Nile coming out, looks great. But he is also in Murder on the Orient Express. And it's the exact same role from Orient in the, in the um, uh, what is it? Damn, Death on the Orient. I'm fumbling because I'm so excited. Whew. Murder on the Orient Express. He's re he's returning as Hercule Poirot, Poirot. and um, I didn't know this was a series. I knew that Death on I mean Murder on the Orient Express was the book. I didn't know there was more books. So Death on the Nile it looks pretty cool. And again, Death on the Orient Express was a very peculiar film, but it was like hit or miss. But I like this character in it. it not in the film wasn't terrible. I quite enjoy it. I mean, this guy is really good. He was in like Beth. Oh, wait, I said the word I'm supposed to say. And uh, <laughs> he's been in a lot of big role movies. Um, pretty sure he either directed or starred in... Um, no, he definitely directed the first Thor film, I believe. Um, let me... Yeah, I believe so. But he's one of those actors. that's an actor's actor. And I'll see any movie with him in it. But I mainly watch this film because of Christopher Nolan hyping the shit out of it. Because, you know, with the whole COVID-19 situation and dealing with um, 
the pandemic. It's been tough. Theaters have been struggling to stay open or even want to reopen. My current theater, I live in Massachusetts. My current theater doesn't even allow you to buy sodas, which is mind boggling because it's like, I understand food. Like you don't want popcorn because kids can be dumb and toss popcorn at people like jokingly and that's, you're transmitting germs. But I figured you could, they were going to have like 20 ounce sodas. Not not the, you know, you fill yourself, but you can buy, you know, just like the Sani water. You can just buy sodas and I can just open it up and drink it in my chair and put it away. Nope, they didn't even have that. So like you have to either go full or like super hydrated for every film, which is bonkers because blockbusters are always two and a half plus hours these days. I mean, don't get me started on the Avengers. There's no way I could have made it through the end game if I didn't have a sip of uh, soda water or something to keep me there. And like, you know, it's tough. It's like a really weird time. But um, up the road in New Hampshire, which I don't live far from, people are having popcorns and sodas. It's kind of hypocritical considering we're neighboring states, but I don't want to get into the logistics of the pandemic. I know it's serious. I know people are dying. I know people have been affected by it and I don't underplay it. But I just think, in my personal opinion, we can't just have 20-ounce sodas prepackaged. I'm just saying, you know, I stay in my socially distanced chair. I drink my socially distanced soda, and I take my bottle throw it away. And mind you, I was the only guy in the theater. I was 100% by myself. No one else bought a ticket. I went in a weird time on purpose, so I don't have to deal with people. Uh, there was many showings in this film, and I was completely alone. So... I could have been a bad boy snuck in a drink, and I should have, because I was mad dehydrated. I don't know. That's just me. I don't know if the, if the governor wants to change things, but I'm not here for a political or, you know, to give my opinion. I'm here for the film. And, yeah, let's get to the point. Watch this movie. I don't know how to explain the film to you without ruining it. I don't know how to explain the plot without ruining it. I don't know how to explain anything of importance that will sell you to watch the movie without ruining it. That's why it's been so secretive in interviews. And no one, none of the actors have really expressed their thoughts on any bit of the movie at all. So this shit is fire. Liddy like a left titty. Watch this in theaters with friends, family, uh, not kids. It'll confuse them. Not because it's violent, ultra-violent. It's PG-13. I'm pretty sure kids can handle it. It's just, you try to explain this film to adults, you're already cracking your skull. Imagine trying to explain this to children. Hell to the no. I'm not letting, no, no. Don't, parents, don't put yourself into grief. Make this a date night film or a guy's a girl's night film. Do not watch this movie with your kids because they're going to never shut up and ask a trillion questions. Because even I, who's seen the movie a couple of days later, am still deciphering certain things that I probably missed. So don't save yourself the trouble. Um, again, at first I said I did not like the film. I was fidgeting in theaters, reaching for my phone, which I rarely do. But... I don't think it's because I didn't quite enjoy the film. I just think it's because I was dehydrated and really needed something to calm me down. And watching a movie this long, it's exhausting. And you can't even enjoy a drink while watching the film. It really takes me out of the movie. Like, I need to at least, I don't care about food. I need a drink. I need a soda, water, power, regator, whatever. Something to hydrate me through three hours. If it was a one and a half hour movie, I could have powered through it. But I can't focus in theaters watching long films if I can't even enjoy it with a soda. Like, the popcorn doesn't bother me either. I just need something to drink so I can keep my mouth, you know, hydrated so I don't have that feeling of, oh, I feel sluggish because I'm dehydrated. Like, it sucks. But it's a movie I recommend you watch at home so you can pause it, so you can really t absorb it and take it in in pieces. Nothing to take it away from seeing in theaters. 
But if you're theater in London, you're having a drink. Don't watch this movie in theaters. Watch it in theaters if you are just coming from dinner and just had everything you filled up. You went to the bathroom, you already had water. I mean, my theater allowed me to bring in a water bottle. But it's, you know, I I brought in a water bottle. The water bottle is not going to last me a whole damn three-hour film. This is our two and a half hours, with credits including the commercials, I mean, trailers. It was about three hours in the movie theater. You know what I'm saying? So one water bottle ain't going to cut it. So <laughs> that being said, I'm going to give this movie its proper review. For as confusing, yet not so confusing. It's simplistic plot in a ways. But the way they spoke, that was one nitpick. They spoke in code the whole time. I understand these are secret agents. But not once in this film did they have a normal conversation that didn't seem intense. There wasn't no levity at all. Like James Bond's movies have levity. And then they have those scenes where they talk like this. where they're all, The whole movie was like that, which got kind of freaking annoying. So if that doesn't bother you and you understand what, if you can immerse yourself in this world, you're going to love it. You're going to hate the action sequences because, again, they're inverted. And there's nothing more hilarious than watching action sequences backwards. <laughs> but all in all, I quite get Christopher Nolan's rush to put this in theaters as fast as possible. Because guys like me who are going to not rip it to shreds, but definitely decipher it, uh, critique it, and heavily say things. But I haven't gave you much to work with, which is good. I don't want you to know much. I want you to judge the film by yourself. And my rating for this. Wait for it. Drum roll, please. I give this film a four out of five stars, which is generous. I was going to give it a 3.5, but I upped this to a 4.0 because it stayed in my head days later. It's staying in rotation conversations. And again, it's like when you hear a new song and you don't like the new song, but a few days later, the song is stuck in your head. It's like that. So don't judge the film until you see it. But go in it with open mind that it is a sci-fi action spy thriller. It's too many genres. That's the big nitpick I have. It's way too many genres. But it makes it work. And it's a great film if you enjoy time-traveling films. I know people who personally do not like the concept of time-traveling movies because it's convoluted. And I understand that. That's your own opinion. That's your own pick. But there are some great time-traveling movies, and this is definitely in that conversation. So yeah, this has been one review from one Christian Joel Ramos, the podcast mercenary, the Mike for Hire, the Puerto Rican Powerhouse, signing off. Watch Tenant. It's fun. It's exhilarating, for sure. And it's weird in all the right ways. Till next time, as always, stay tuned, stay safe, and take care.